Welcome to Passports and Postcards, where we discuss everything travel. From cultural inspirations to exciting destinations and everything in between. With your host, Randall McKeown. Hello and welcome to the show. Today's guest is Scott Ponywise, head of exec at joinexec.com. Welcome to the show, Scott. How are you today? I'm doing well. And uh, how about yourself, Randall? I'm doing great for this Wednesday. Just cleaned up a lot of snow. We're expecting a lot more. So I'm not looking forward to that. But hey, I'd like to be <laughs> traveling right now rather than be here in this snow belt. But uh, anyways, uh, yeah, we're just, I guess we're making up. We had a very pleasant, uh, let's say, December and January. All the snow is coming to us in February. <laughs> now, I find what you do is very interesting. So we're going to start off with first telling our audience, our listeners, a little bit about yourself and where you're joining us from today. Yeah. Um, so I'm actually uh, in Bozeman, Montana, um, so I can appreciate your uh, your battle with the snow. We're actually unseasonably warm for a change. Um, I think it's, you know pushing 30 but if we had been talking last week i think it was about negative 20 and uh a lot of wind and a lot of snow so um i can appreciate it <laughs> i think both of us would appreciate a beach right about now too <laughs> um so as far as my background um my name uh as you mentioned scott pony was and i am the head of exec um and so exec is a high-end uh, premium travel, hotel, and lifestyle benefits program. Um, I had created it and built it with an effort um, to support a number of uh, C-suite executive organizations. And um, as a part of that, we um, got a lot of interest from other executives and um, you know CEOs, founders, that type of demographic. And so we actually started selling it to individuals as well. Um, and so we currently offer over 400 of these premium benefits and they're a mixture of discounts. So giving you savings on, on your travel bookings, but then also a lot of things that um, cater to that executive demographic. So things like elite status, um, upgrades upon availability, um, and a variety of other things that they might not be getting from their, you know, premium travel credit cards and things like that, because, um, you know, those are more geared for the general public. And um, a lot of our partners are able to offer very special things just given this demographic. So well, that sort of answered almost the second question I had for you, which was being a member, whether some of the privileges, how is it different from other other reward programs? Yeah, um, and I can dive into that a little bit more in, in detail. And so with Exec, you know, we've taken the idea that, you know, we're catering to a group that, you know, originally sort of pre-COVID, we were more interested in the business travel side of things. But thanks to COVID, remote work, um, you know, business travel and travel in general has changed. Work has changed. Um, so we have been able to expand a lot of our offerings where... Uh, we don't just take care of, um, you know, the business travel. Now we also offer a lot for, um, more of those extended vacations or, or workcation as we like to call leisure. 
the other thing too is because we are more interested in in supporting members through this as a membership program, we actually don't um, operate like a travel agency, which is where a lot of the other clubs come um, come in and are a little bit different than us. Um, we prefer to essentially do all the legwork up front, get all those benefits for the members. And then instead of taking commissions and, you know, trying to take a little slice of, you know, a couple percent off of, you know, 10 or 15% off of a hotel room, we'd rather pass all the savings on and give you an even better benefit and give you those sort of, um, extra perks that you're not going to find with some of the others, like the upgrades and food and beverage credits and all the other special perks that make you feel better than the next person over when you're checking in at the the hotel or, or you know, at the airport. I can say that I've had the opportunity of being in some hotels and being under the called President's Club status. And, you know, personalized private check-in. Don't have to get in that huge lineup. They know I'm coming. Everything is ready. So that is really nice, you know. So what I'm getting from what you're saying here is, so it could be a company organization that will buy into or join exec, and then their CEOs or their management staff, or whoever they choose, they reap the benefits when they travel because you've already found the savings for them. You found the perks for them already, so that. You're not trying to fight over different hotels or whatever, trying to get that best commission because you've already got the money because the person's already bought in or the company's already bought into the program. Correct. Yeah. And so it gives us um, a little bit more balance. And, you know, I've, I've talked mostly about the travel side of things, but the other side of it too, for a lot of these executives as they're traveling, we do also offer a number of retailer benefits and dining benefits and things like that, um, that sort of go for both when they're traveling as well as when they're at home um, and, and general day to day. Um, we also do have a number of experiences. Um, so we partner to, um, you know, provide things like extreme driving courses with extreme experiences, or we partner with a number of private golf clubs as well, where as you're traveling to, um, say, Texas, you might be able to get onto Blue Jack National, which is a famous Tiger Woods course and, and private um, course. But um, so we try to also build in some of those added um, experiences. We also have a very popular private ticketing um program as well where um we're essentially like the 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 sort of ticket reseller markets but without all, all those extra fees where you know you find a hundred dollar ticket for a concert and a lot of these other ones you find a hundred dollars in fees when you go to actually check out and so we've basically been able to take a lot of that stuff away so you know client entertainment and things like that as well um that that a lot of other programs just aren't able to to match we call it like a concierge service, but a top-end concierge service. Yeah, um, but we are a little bit more self-serve. Um, so a lot of the executives, too, have their executive assistants that are already their concierges. But uh, so takes some of the heavy lifting off of our side. But now, Would you say that the business had grown a lot now since the um, most of the restrictions in travel have been lifted. I know 
in the industry they're talking first there was going to be the leisure travel start right away business travel would sort of probably be the end of 2023 into 2024 really taking off but have you found an increase in sales since uh, a lot of the restrictions have been lifted yeah um i think there was a lot of pent-up demand um and to your point it was a lot of the leisure travel that was coming back first and um we're even still seeing a lot of our members um sort of trickling back to their business travel and if they are back to business travel it's very different than what they were doing pre-covid as somebody that's done a lot of pre-COVID business travel myself, you know, it used to be one of those things where you'd go on these marathon road trips where all of a sudden you're doing, I mean, I lived in New York for a long time, but, you know, I'd have a lot of people that would even come visit me where they're on their East Coast swing from the West Coast and they'd try to pack it all into one week and they'd be in Boston and then fly down to New York on a Tuesday night and then be in New York for a couple nights and then try to bounce down to DC or something all within a week. And so they were, you know, serious road warriors. And um, now I think just with a lot of the remote work that's going on, as well as um, a lot of the the changes in the way that um, people are valuing their time, they're instead saying, okay, I'm going to go to New York, you know, for the week. And I'm also going to tote my family around and, uh, you know, they're, they're going to say, all right, you know, the husband and wife are, are working together and, you know, doing the remote work thing. And then in the evening, they're taking the kids out to go sightseeing around New York and give them that experience and sort of taking advantage of some of this remote work. And so that daily bouncing around uh, the East Coast is a thing of the past, at least for now. Um, and I think there's a lot more of the remote work thing. I, you know, I, I moved out to Bozeman from New York just this past year after being in New York for close to 15, 16 years. And it's uh, definitely not uncommon for me to run into a lot of people at the ski mountain that are here for a month and they're, you know, living in, in Montana for the month and they're maybe from the East coast or from California or, or wherever else and taking advantage of it and, and uh, being able to do the best of both worlds and have a change of pace. Well, when it came to this program, it was something that you initiated designed, or did you have a team behind you working with you? I just want to get the idea of the concept to where we are today. Yeah, no, good question. Um, so um, my background going back since I first came out of college has always been sort of in travel um, and also the deal space. So I started um, as a director of a travel company and and sort of cut my teeth there um, right out of college. And then uh, I created uh, basically 2008, 2009, one of the largest daily deal sites for college students. So it's sort of it was a, a long time coming and uh, mixing both of those worlds together. Um, so I was actually um, getting ready um, through a, an M&A activity of my last company, which is a recruiting tech company. And a couple of uh, old friends kind of came to me trying to, with the knowledge that there was this problem needing to be solved for a lot of C-suite organizations and benefits programs that could kind of be a plug and play solution. And so they um fortunately were 
were able to step in behind and, and sort of bring in the investment and um, a little bit of the foundations. So I wasn't totally starting from scratch with the full leap of faith <laughs> entrepreneur thing that I've done in the past. Um, and then uh, also I was, you know, able to bring in the resources that I needed right from day one. So I've been fortunate to have um, a great team working with me and, and sort of my my right hand person, uh, Taylor Gerard, who um, she is very integral in, in, you know, making sure the members get everything that they need to, and especially working with a lot of our partners and, and managing those relationships. And then, you know, we've got development team and, and uh, a support team and, and some marketing folks as well that, that really help us. So with newsletter communications and all that kind of stuff. So as is, you said you started off in the travel industry. You love travel. What was probably, what was your favorite destination you've ever been to? And maybe what? Yeah. Um, so one of the, I guess, more wild destinations, um, when I actually was working for that international travel company, um, it was back like 2005, six-ish, um, actually 2006 or seven. And um, we were sort of starting to dip our toes in the water um, on the opportunities to go into Burma and start running programs there. Um, it wasn't really open. Europeans were starting to travel there a little bit, but Americans, it was very much a kind of a no-go. Um, and you know, now it's, it still is in flux. Um, so it's a challenging place to travel to. And, uh, you know, fortunately it was when I was running the India operations and we were kind of headquartered out of Thailand and Southeast Asia. So I had the opportunity to actually go there a couple times on research trips. And so kind of did the main, um, what they call sort of the, the golden triangle, uh, type of travel through Bagan and, uh, Mandalay and, inlay lake and started there with the normal tourist track but as i had kind of spent time there talked to more people and and got to know the country a bit more i got intrigued by the northern reaches um as you might be able to tell being in montana i'm a big mountain outdoors person and uh the Cochin state far up north has sort of the Himalayas leaking down into that that region of northern northern Burma, and uh, a couple of us got the idea that you know there might be some skiing up there, there might be some kayaking. Really, the only way to get up there though is through birding permits, and uh, they only issue about three hundred of those a year, and it's usually not to um, you know necessarily a twenty something year old that's trying to go up into the Cochin State, and so. Um, we decided to kind of test our limits and, uh, we made our way to Mandalay and ended up doing a multi-day trip up the Irrawaddy river to try to get North and, um, amazing country took a, a big ferry boat and we're on the deck because that was the only ticket left. So we were with goats and chickens and families sleeping on a bamboo mat on the, on the deck of this boat for three days. And then eventually that, that boat came to an end and you had to, sort of um, bargain or yeah negotiate your way onto some boats to get further north and um, yeah it turned into quite the adventure and had some military following us unexpectedly or maybe as we might have expected but um, 
amazing, amazing country, amazing people. And yeah, and, and, you know, it's, it's really tough to see everything that's been going on over the years, but, um, you know, hopefully I'll be able to get back there again one day, but it was, you know, just stunning all the history and architecture and, and everything. I always tell my listeners, I tell my family, the best education I got was through travel to learn about different cultures, their lifestyle, to appreciate the things we have at home when we return. And again, I may not have the best house, but I have a whole home full of memories from travel. So I'm, I'm fortunate enough to be able to say that. As we move forward, um, what do you think might be the next hot destination? It, it might be for your clients, like for the executives or even just regular regular families. You know, I don't know if you can comment on that. Yeah, I think it's that's a tough question to, to answer. Um, you know, I was trying to actually think about um, where the sort of next hot spot is. You know, I've been hearing more and more people, especially in the business community and also even on the leisure side, more interested in going to some of the countries like Qatar, um, you know, heading over to the UAE and places like Dubai and, you know, Qatar, I don't know if it's because of the World Cup that it's sort of put it on people's maps now, which is probably what Qatar tourism was was hoping for. So I think you know, countries like that are are gaining popularity. A couple others just sort of in that region too are like Turkey and Jordan, um, just because of a lot of the rich history and and some of the foods that um came out of that region is I think especially Americans traditionally have not been the most adventurous. Um, but I think, you know, over the last decade or so, and maybe with all the the TV and Netflix they watched on uh on in COVID, um, you know, they're, they're starting to explore a little bit more. And I think some of the foods and flavors and cultures and architecture are all starting to, to draw people in that direction. Um, because it is also sort of one of the, the least explored, you know, a lot of people have done Europe or done parts of Asia, but, um, it seems to be a little hidden pocket right now. Well, it's one place that I know Jordan's one place I want to go to for sure on my bucket list but then i have about another same with me <laughs> i have about another 100 countries that are on my bucket list. fortunate enough to be able to travel to some um, some of them i've been to several times some countries but again travel to me you know we are the show is about travel and why we travel uh, it could be for work it could be for leisure but what i try to tell people i've had people say i've never traveled and I said, well, you walk from this room to the other room. You travel. People don't understand travel. You don't have to leave your city to travel. You don't have to leave your country to travel. As I say, if you're, well, for my sake, I'm in Canada. There's a lot in Canada for me to see. I've been to both coasts, but I neglected, neglected the prairies, so I still have to go there. I've neglected the north. Uh, still have to get there. So there are places here in my own country that I still have to see. And I know those living in the United States, it's such a big country, so many different states and so many different, like you can go from one end to the, the West Coast to the East Coast and you can come across so many different well, people themselves, you know, yeah. how they live, 
like you said, you left New York City. Now you're probably in a more quiet, relaxed area. Um, there's lots to do there. But again, it's not the hustle bustle like of a New York City. What would you say um, is maybe why is, I'll ask you this, what is the reason why you left New York City? Good question. <laughs> so I actually went to college out here. Um, so I went to college at the University of Montana in Missoula. So about three hours north of Bozeman. Um, but I started coming to Montana actually in middle school um, for my first ski trip. And uh, it was one of our family friends that played soccer with. Um, they had a ranch out here and it was before really Big Sky was on the map and it was still pretty quiet. Bozeman was a little ranch town um, and uh, started coming out here in middle school for some some ski trips. And then just really fell in love with it. And then A River Runs Through It. I saw that movie, um, Robert Redford film with Brad Pitt. And it was all about fly fishing and the beauty. And it was actually supposed to be based up in Missoula, but they actually filmed it on the Gallatin River, which is right here um, between Bozeman and Big Sky. And um, so it all just kind of started coming together. And so when it was time for college, I was a big skier. Um, and I basically said, you know what? I want to go to Montana and I applied to Bozeman and I applied to Missoula and I was 95% I was going to go to Bozeman um, and uh, ended up at Missoula in a last second audible decision. Um, just love the outdoors, fully entrenched in it all. And um, then basically I had this summer job to work for an international travel company that eventually turned into a full-time job. And I would spend most of the year over in Asia and then they needed somebody that could uh, spend a couple months in New York, basically, for sales season. So I started New York, but I always was going to be coming back to Montana. I never expected to be in New York for so long. And I, even the first time I went to New York, it was, all right, it's only a couple months. We'll see how it goes. And uh, you know, over the years, started a couple of companies and, and built a couple of companies in New York. And um, then uh, you know, through COVID with the remote work thing, I started coming back out here a bunch and uh, had friends out here that they basically were like, you're starting to spend more time in Montana than you are in New York and you're paying an exorbitant amount to work remote from your apartment uh, kitchen table. And I was like, you know what? You're right. So, um, you know, I basically decided now's the right time, time to get back to Montana. And, uh, you know, now it's, it's changed a lot since uh, back then. It's a little bit more built up, more you know, restaurants and stuff. So people always ask now, what do I miss about New York? And I'm like, you know what? Not even that much. So I'm, I'm totally happy out here. Well, I think one thing the pandemic has taught us, and especially those young professionals, especially near where I live, moved to Toronto because they want to be close to everything. They want to be close to work, entertainment, shopping, everything. But when the pandemic came and we were limited to where we could go, a lot of them realized that I don't need all this. I can get here if I need to. And a lot of them started trying to sell their, their condos in the city and move out. They had to move a lot further from the city because the boroughs were already full. Um, construction is still ongoing. New communities popping up all the time. But then we're finding a problem within the cities where the vacancy rate is high. 
Um, it's affecting business in the cities where people, commuters would stop and shop or stop and eat. Life has changed since pandemic, and I'm glad you were able to get out to some fresh air and less stress. Yeah. And I wish all of us could do that, just find our, our space so that we don't feel cramped. And uh, before we leave, Scott, is there any final things you want to talk maybe about the company or about uh, your future, what you plan on doing, more traveling, a book, uh, another company you're going to try to start up? I, I like to hear about <laughs> that. Yeah. Um, I mean, since this is a travel show, as far as uh, a book, not sure yet. You know, I could potentially try to figure something out. I've had quite a few adventures that I think uh, could translate well. Um, but really, you know, future travel plans are, are, you know, where I'm kind of thinking. And I had some plans to get back to Southeast Asia and um, get back to India and in Burma and and try to sort of recreate some stuff over there. And also I'd love to explore some areas that I haven't been, um, parts of like Mongolia or some of the stands, Kyrgyzstan, um, since college has actually been on my my bucket list for a lot of years and Tian Shan Mountains and and that whole region. Um horses and skiing and um and some of the adventures there. So Maybe one day I'll I'll get there. Um, but then as far as you know, exec is concerned, we're just continuing to um to make sure that we're able to support our members and we're continuing to grow the benefits. We've got over 400 um major um benefit partners that have us covering travels around the globe. So, you know, maybe I just need to do some more uh more site testing to to make sure everybody's staying uh, up to par in our program. So well, make sure that in our show notes, we put links to that. There are lots of people that are high up in corporations that can find this beneficial for their companies, for their people, their staff. And again, for those who want that service that you provide, we'll have links in the show notes so that they know where to reach you. And I really want to thank you for coming on today. It's been great learning about where you started from where you are now and how you got there. It's like, we found your journey. And it's all about travel. <laughs> yep. Well, travel takes you places like you were saying, you know, whether it's the next room over the next town over or uh, somewhere you'd never expect to be. So. Thank you for being on the show. Thanks a lot, Randall. Appreciate it.